0: A lot of people in the farming world here in Washington trying to figure out what are they going to do, including farm workers who are very concerned about this recent Washington State Supreme Court decision that could totally affect their livelihood and ability to make the money that they're trying to make to support their families. You say, well, Dylan, I thought they said that uh, you know farms have to pay overtime to workers now. Dairy farms have to start paying their workers overtime. That doesn't that mean that workers are going to make more money? Not so fast. Welcome to reality, folks. That's not exactly how things work. Money doesn't just magically appear. And we talked about this a week or two ago with Scott Dilly with the Washington State Dairy Federation. Again, the state Supreme Court saying. And the logic was kind of bizarre. It was along the lines that because dairy working on a dairy farm is, I can't remember the exact language, something along the lines of extremely dangerous, um, that farm workers should not be exempt from getting paid overtime, uh, an exemption that's been in place for, I don't want to say, something like 50 years or more. Uh, we talked with Scott Dilley with the Dairy Fed here on the program about how this ultimately will end up hurting farm workers. It will also end up hurting you as a food consumer, pushing more and more of our food production and local farming away. And uh, your food will more and more, and we're seeing this happen already, come from foreign countries where who knows what the rules are, who knows what the labor conditions are, This is is a frustrating situation, and it's only getting worse because of the state Supreme Court ruling. Uh, Welcome back to The Farming Show, by the way. Dylan Honkoop with you here. The question is, well, okay, the ruling was for dairy farm workers. What about the rest of farm workers Uh, on all kinds of other farms that we have all over Washington State? Joining me right now with Farm Labor Organization, Wafla, Dan Afazio, their executive director, Dan, you guys have to be watching this very, very closely because the ruling doesn't technically apply to, you, I mean, you aren't providing H2A guest workers, which is one of the things that you guys work with is, you know, connecting folks in, in other countries with jobs here when they're needed in farming. So you you aren't really in the dairy industry, but this still is very, very concerning for anybody running a farm right now, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Dylan, we've been watching the case since its inception. I was in the Supreme Court when they uh, heard oral arguments. Uh, The case is Martinez-Cuevas versus DeRuda uh, Brothers-Dairy, and uh, the ruling is extremely hard to um, understand. The due process implications are... Uh, unfathomable, as one of the Supreme Court justices uh, uh, s- uh, stated. Um, how do you how do you say that um, it's it, it, we're changing the speed limit on this road from fifty miles an hour to thirty five miles an hour? And by the way, uh, we're going to fine you uh, for every time you went to fifty miles an hour uh, in the last three years. And you know <laughs> the <laughs> and I that mean, the, sounds the,
0: crazy, but that is literally what's happening. We got to get into that a, a little bit here in a minute, but continue.
1: Yeah, I mean the you know the analogy I heard from the Dairy Federation folks is that oh, great, you know, now all the dairy farms are going to move to Idaho. Uh, the farm workers in Idaho are going to uh, hear that they can make more jobs in, in in Washington, and they're going to move to Washington where there are going to be no dairy farms and then uh, never the twins shall meet. So it's kind of – it's kind A lose-lose. Lose. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a lose-lose situation. You know, uh, um, farm workers were, you know, used to working 50 hours a week and, you know, getting paid for that. Now what we're going to do in the H-2A program is obviously, you know, we're going to bring more workers. Each worker will only have 40 hours of work because there is just no way we can afford the. Um, it's you know essentially 16 an hour for regular uh, is the man governed man, mandated wage for uh, for the H two A program and just about or 23.75 is the. Uh, is the overtime rate so there's no way that you can produce an apple uh, 23.75 mm. an hour uh, on top of all the other costs and uh, uh, you know try and compete internationally and that's kind of what I think you're going to see is the offshoring um, of this, this industry. We'll still be able to get hopefully a little bit of the domestic market here um, but you're seeing mm. many many crops um, uh, being, being orth- offshored right now uh, because you just cannot produce uh, uh produce a we, um, we, offshoring
0: I mean s- sending the production of something overseas or to a different country anywhere is the worst possible outcome for workers. In an economy, Mm -hmm. worst possible outcome. And even if things aren't offshore, if, you know, if wages and hours and total potential earnings for workers have to be scaled back because of this, that also hurts these people that they claim to be helping with this. It's, it's, It's nonsensical. Mm hmm.
1: Sure. I mean we've we've had we, we saw this uh, when the uh, when the Chinese decided to try and steal our, our Apple uh, technology in the 80s um, and now they produce a lot of apples um, they use pesticides that were outlawed in our country in the 80s um, and to the detriment of those of those workers so um, you know that's just one of the things the, the labor standards the health and safety the occupational safety and health standards that we see in other countries are not what what we see here the obviously the the wages um, the wages for a, a Mexican farm worker you know, ten to fifteen dollars a day maybe up to twenty five dollars a day a day um, not an hour yeah. a oh, day yeah, 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 yeah. working yeah. in that country if they're, if they're working in the blueberry industry which is being offshore to to Mexico right now okay so that's the the best paid wages. Um, in Mexico, or for the blueberry workers, because they're working in an industry that's being offshored uh, aggressively from the U.S., where the workers are making 150 to 200 dollars a day, and so that's kind of you know where where we find ourselves, Dylan. And this this um, this Supreme Court decision is extremely uh, frustrating in that um, there, you know, who knows if it's going to apply to the. Uh, to the more seasonal agricultural jobs. Uh, the Supreme Court sure didn't tell us. Uh, the, the opinion was extremely, extremely um, ambiguous in that regard. Who knows if it's going to be retroactive? The opinion likewise said that they weren't going to address that. So it's all to the detriment of the farmer and, more importantly, the farm, or as importantly, I should say, the farm worker who doesn't have certainty either.
0: Okay, well, let's let's talk a little bit more about those two things. Will this apply beyond dairy and this uh, potential for retroactivity? Uh, again, we're talking with Dan Fazio with Wafla, Washington-based farm labor organization. He's their executive director. We've had him multiple times here on the program. He also has a legal background as well. So, Dan, it's always good to talk with you about these these kinds of you know, court decisions because you can give additional insight into the process of how, how the whole thing works here. What are the chances this applies beyond dairy? Because, again, the decision was just for, you know the the for workers in dairy how are they going to take that and then apply that to anybody outside of dairy and and should people outside of of the dairy community be preparing for this be worried about this uh, f- trying to figure out what to do
1: Absolutely, people outside of dairy are uh, the the decision was a five to four decision. There were four justices who said that um, you know the the legislature makes laws, the uh, the Supreme Court doesn't make laws, and the legislature you know looked at the uh, balance, the equities, and said we're we're going to exempt. Uh, farm workers from overtime because of the seasonality and 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 those types of things just like we exempt truck drivers and other other folks um, and so that was you know four people uh, on the Supreme Court five people said that um, that dairy farms like you you mentioned are, uh, a very uh, very hazardous and that's why it was unconstitutional and as a matter of fact the quote that I that I pulled from this the opinion was the constant factory like work is unlike that of piece rate seasonal workers so when we saw that 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 quote that the constant factory like work of dairy is unlike <laughs> seasonal workers we figured okay we were safe well the very next sentence or the very next paragraph is um Further, under other industries, and I'm quoting, um, employing seasonal workers like retail are not exempt from overtime protections. So it was like two different people wrote the opinion yeah. – um, and this is not uncommon. I mean, they have to get four people to, uh, excuse me, five people to sign on. Um, just in summary, uh, it was a very, very split court, and they had a hard time getting the, uh, getting the court to agree on anything, so they punted a lot of it.
0: As someone with a background as an, an attorney, what do you make of this argument that because a job is more or less dangerous affects somehow how much an employer is supposed to be paying for that job? Well, I mean, it's,
1: it's, it's the court acting as a super legislature, pure and simple. Um, what they said is that the Washington Constitution requires the legislature to protect workers uh, they grabbed onto this pa- a paragraph in the in the Constitution, and they said that the um, that which is not self-executing, edu- uh, by the way, but I mean that's that's legal ease for saying that it doesn't create uh, a, a, a law that they have to mm. uh, that they have to establish. So um, they they grabbed onto this paragraph, said that the the. The law that the legislature passed exempting agriculture from the time and a half provisions is unconstitutional because the Constitution requires the legislature to pass laws uh, affecting people who work in mines and other hazardous occupations. Remember the uh, the Washington State Constitution was written in the 1890s when we had uh, hmm. big coal mines up in the Seattle area. <laughs> yep. yep. Okay, so that's that's really what, what was was going on there. It was it was a very disappointing decision. Let's just let's just put it that way. And we have no idea right now, knowing what's going to happen. And frankly, right now workers are suffering because. Uh, agricultural employers are telling people to knock off after 40 hours. Right now, guys up here in, in uh, November – uh, they're th- they're pruning trees. It's a good time to prune. It's not too cold yet, and they you know the apples are all off the f- trees. And guys were working forty five hours a week. You know mm-hmm. they were working, and they're not working forty five hours a week um, anymore. In most farms and that and I more, know. more
0: than that. I know because I've done my share and then some of farm work over here. You know uh, I have definitely been in. in this position myself where I was able to get a lot more hours because of the overtime exemption and doggone it. If I wasn't going to get as many hours as I possibly could, because I was trying to make money. I mean, that's what I was doing. And this is the same story for just about anybody working on a farm. They want to get the hours when you can get the hours, because if you fiddle around and only put in your 35 or 40 in the middle of go time, Well, guess what? In a month or two, you aren't going to be able to get those hours and you lose out. So you get the hours when you can. It's just the nature of farming. Uh, It's the nature of seasonal work.
1: It's a lot easier to, to prune these trees in the middle of November than it is in the middle of February. I mean, and you know, and the weather is always a condition and, you know, the, the expression in agriculture is you make hay when the sun's shining. Yep. And so, um, so that's kind of what people have, have always done. If we have a week where we've got seven or eight days of uh, weather where it's not raining and it's, it, it's not, it's not too cold. Let's work those seven days, you know, and then the next week, if we can only work three de- three days, then we only work three days. And that's kind of, what is not happening uh, anymore due yeah. to this decision to the detriment of, of farm workers this- and ultimately the offshoring of our of, of labor intensive agriculture.
0: This is KGMI, News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on The Farming Show. Our guest right now, Dan Fazio with farm labor organization WAFLA. Dan, what's real quick, what's the deal with this whole retroactivity thing? This is really scary. Uh, On top of just how bad the ruling is and how weak legally it appears to be and how it harms workers, on top of that, farms are facing... I don't, a potential bankruptcy. I don't know what their other options might be if this possibility, which they didn't stop, it's, it's not sure, but this possibility of having to retroactively pay back something that was never required by law until now, uh, uh, happens. What what what's the legal prospect? Uh, chances of this actually happening, and how would that even work?
1: Well, they're, it, right now, like the rest of this, it's a 50 50. Unless the legislature acts, and even if the legislature does act, we don't know if the, uh, if the court is going to respect what the legislature says. But right now, we have a law on the books that says um, agriculture is exempt from the time and a half. Okay. The Supreme Court has ruled that that law is null and void for dairy workers. Mm-hmm. And they and they may rule that it's null and void for everyone else. And when they rule that it's null and void, um, the exemption, they presumably are saying that well, you can go back and erase that section of the law, that exemption in in labor and employment the statute of limitation is three years so presumably a person may be able to go back three years and say pay me give me all your records and any week that I worked more than 40 hours give me time and a half for those hours over 40 now four judges or four justices excuse me said that that's ludicrous um, that was is Uh, That violates every notion of of due process um, that we have here. Three judges or three justices said, we agree that it should be retroactive. And the other two justices said, we need more information. (laughs) And by the way. Um, we, When we get this more information, we may rule that it's retroactive and the farmer owes the attorney's fees for uh, the person who brings the case. So naturally, right now, class action lawyers are sprinting to the courthouses to fi- file these cases because it's huge bucks.
0: So when is, is the state Supreme Court going to decide on that element of this whole situation?
1: Could take another two or three years for it to get to them. Could take six months. No one knows. That's why it's really imperative that the that the uh, that the legislature do something. Even if the legislature says, "Hey, we're going to remove the exemption,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they do it in the normal order of making laws then that law goes into effect 60 days after the legislative session, correct? So um, that's what would be a lot more preferable. Now, the, the, the legislature could, in fact, pass a law that um, says that that uh, agriculture workers are eligible for overtime after 40 hours or 45 hours or 50 hours or whatever they want, and it would go into effect and then the court could say, "Nah, don't think so." Um, and when we're back to this retroactivity problem, they would have a harder time to do that. But that's what we would hope. So our, our best hope is that the is the court stay out of the legislature and the legislature pass the laws huh. for the state of Washington.
0: Imagine <laughs> imagine that a system that would work that way. Uh, it's amazing <laughs> that we're having to. Um, reconfirm that concept of government just a few seconds left with dan fazio with wafla here on the program what about the person i'm sure there's somebody listening right now who thinks those greedy farmers they're haggling and they're just pulling their hair out over this why, why don't they just man up and pay these workers uh over why are they so opposed to you know fairly compensating people for their work what's your response to that person
1: well, I, you, you like you like uh, eating food grown in America, yeah, <laughs> or or would you prefer to have you know have your apples uh, grown in China? <laughs> that's really that's really what it's down to. That's really what what it's down to. Um, we've got a great system here. We've got workers that are treated fairly. We've got workers that are that are doing a fantastic job, and um, I prefer to have uh, buy my fruits and vegetables that are, that are, that are grown right here in America in Washington state. Um, and that's what, that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah. That is what is at stake here. Dan Fazio with Wafla. Thanks for taking the time to fill us in this morning. Um, we're gonna have to keep watching this and hoping and praying for the best here.
1: Always a pleasure, Dylan. Thanks for all you do.